This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all spoilers. it Kate is it is it Ouija or Ouija I I've always pronounced it Ouija like a Ouija board how about you I I also pronounce it Ouija but I've heard Ouija I've heard you say Ouija I I I was expecting a little more of a controversial opinion (laughs) here (laughs) um I think so if I'm just letting myself be in my natural state I say Ouija Mm -hmm. Um, because that's what I grew up knowing it as. But I thought that the correct pronunciation was Ouija. So I have been trying to make an effort to say Ouija, especially this season. Yeah, it's it's funny, this word. It, it There's kind of been some debate about where it comes from. I mean, some people think, oh, yeah, it, it looks like it comes from this like French word for mm-hmm. we and and I think a German word uh is that like ja pronunciation um, it might yeah. be French uh so, yeah 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 so it's yes yes we <laughs> yes and yeah yeah right <laughs> and so like there is some some uh strain of people who th- you know pronounce it that way just because that's kind of what the word looks like it <laughs> it comes from but it's actually just I mean there's also this other side of that coin where the name came from which is that the inventor or the the guy who patented it basically just said his sister-in-law saw it like the board spelled it for her (laughs) you know so there's two two trains of thought out there about the way to pronounce this word yeah I say Ouija I I always said Ouija. I wonder if it's a Southern California thing where we're both from that we both say Ouija. Did you play Ouija when you were a kid? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I loved Ouija boards. They were super cool. I was so excited thinking that it would work. I was like, why wouldn't it work? It's great. I think the first time I maybe played it was... I think I maybe played it when I was a kid, but um, my um, friend in college, she had a Ouija board and we played it all the time. We thought it was in college. so fun. Yeah. Like to, That's so cool. To like drink and like play Ouija. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I played it as a kid and um, there were, you know, my friend would have a bunch of us over for parties and stuff and she would bring it out because she was into all this weird shit like I was. and um. And we'd sit there and play and and laugh and, of course, assume we're all pushing it um, Mm -hmm. and that it's not real. Um, But I do have a good story of a particular time we used one Mm -hmm. and actually actioned on the response we got from the board. (laughs) Ooh, do tell. Yeah. 
uh, we were having a, a gal pal day. It was me, my friend Becky, and Shauna, my friends. <laughs> and uh, we just were going to have a day where we hung out, rode our bikes. We loved riding our bikes in high school. And Becky lived pretty close to a cemetery, like fairly close, close enough. Um, so we got together, we got our Ouija board out, and we talked to it the night before. Mm-hmm. And it gave us a name. Um, I think the name, the name was Jonathan something. I can't remember the last name. And, uh, so we asked it, you know, where, where are you buried? Where are you? How old are you? I think, I think Jonathan was, I forget, like it was some, this person, this, you know, quote unquote spirit told us that this was like a young person, but that they had buried, been buried many, many years ago and that they were at. Oh, that cemetery up on the way to Cal Poly Pomona. Do you remember that? Oh. Off the 10. Yes. I can't remember the name of it at the moment. My grandmother's buried there. But um, yeah, we rode our bikes. It, it was a few miles. Um, rode our bikes to the cemetery, got to the, the help desk, showed, showed them our, uh, our details about who we wanted to find. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this person died before this cemetery was even built. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fake. <laughs> oh, oh man. But what a good story. That would have been so exciting. Like, I just imagine your bike ride. You guys would have been like, oh, man, what if we find him? <laughs> we were really excited. We really thought we were going to find Jonathan, but we didn't. Instead, we... we passed by like an abandoned house and went swimming in their old pool (laughs) (laughs) or hung out in their backyard. I can't remember which, (sighs) but yeah. So funny. Given that one of the rules in this movie is to never play Ouija in a graveyard. (laughs) You you actually, (laughs) we didn't, we, we didn't play it in the graveyard. We played it at home and then went to the graveyard the next day. That's the smart thing to do. I think. Yeah, we didn't break any rules. No one came to get us, like in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the history of the Ouija board? Oh, my gosh. It's really funny, actually. I assumed this would be something that we made up recently. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know Ouija boards have been around for a while, but I assumed, like, maybe 50s or 60s. Um, when occult stuff was kind of popular. It seems like it was something that would have like gotten a lot of traction in like the late sixties, early seventies. Right. Right. Um, but it goes back. I mean, the history of it, like the, the source of the interest in a Ouija board goes back to like the 1800s, at least mediums were kind of common. There was like a a period of time where it was like very normal to go see a medium and not that out of the out of the ordinary. So the game hadn't the game existed like as a as a thing that people did, but it wasn't patented. You couldn't buy it in a store like the way you could today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not treated as a board game. It wasn't it wasn't treated that way. It was a little more serious. And there were these two old-timey dudes, uh, Kennard and Reich, who were not in this world. Like, they weren't mediums. They, one of them was a fertilizer salesman, made his own fertilizer. Shoveling shit. 
one way or yeah. another. <laughs> yeah. Bones, bones and stuff uh, were part of his concoction. And the other guy was a furniture maker turned coffin maker turned undertaker. Love it. That's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the progression I want in my career. It seems <laughs> like it would have been kind of fun. Interesting. <laughs> they They met up. They got to know each other. And there was this craze going on in Ohio at the time over this talking board business. And so, you know, they did the very American thing of getting a patent for it and selling it. (laughs) Yeah. It took them a while to find somebody who had patented it, but Elijah Bond eventually approved the patent um, and his sister got the credit for naming the game. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where it all started in the early 19th century. And, uh, and now it's owned by Hasbro. (laughs) You can buy it in Target or Toys. Well, we can't buy it in Toys R Us anymore, RIP, but you know, you you can find it. (laughs) I don't know. It, it doesn't, it doesn't seem very spooky to me anymore uh, on the packaging and stuff. You know, it's like very digestible, I think, by the general public. Yeah, I, I do think that when you play the game, there's always that kind of funny moment where it does feel like the planchette is moving on its own. And it was funny how in the movie that they – call it out right they're like oh it's you know this specific like motor function of your muscles where it's involuntary but it's still kind of spooky when it happens especially like when it's you know the middle of the night and you're a college student in a dark dorm room (laughs) when you played it did it always move slowly or did it move quickly across the table like it does in the movie I felt like it was pretty slow. I don't ever remember like jerking like across the board like and I guess that's where this movie tries to really hammer in like oh there's something else moving this planchette. Yeah I feel like you know if I was if I had my fingers on the planchette and I felt it move really fast that would be a whole lot scarier than just oh all of us are lightly touching it so of course it moves Mm -hmm. somewhere. Right right yeah. 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 This movie. We haven't even yeah. started talking about the movie yet. <laughs> no. It's important that we talk about the Ouija board because this movie feels like somebody just said, hey, let's make a movie about a Ouija board. And then that was it. That is exactly <laughs> right. This movie was so, so frustrating. I feel like they could have done so much with the concept and they just made this like jump scare hack of a movie that was rated only pg-13 <laughs> yeah that was my first red flag that it wasn't gonna be a good time usually pg-13 isn't great my first red flag that it wasn't gonna be great was when i went to go rent it and i saw it was six percent on run to oh that stands out a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that they keep trying to make ouija movies there are so many. I I was, you know, trying to send you the link to the right movie and I was like doubting myself. Like, wait a minute. There's one in 2016. There's one 
from 2007. Yes. There's oh my gosh. so many. I was halfway into this movie, which is the 2014 version directed by Styles White. In case you listen to this episode and you're like, I got to run home and watch this movie right now. It is the 2014 version. I got halfway into this movie and I wanted to look up the cast and I saw that there was a Ouija 2007 and I genuinely thought that I was in the middle of the wrong movie. (laughs) I did get worried. And then when I was watching, I was, you know, and kind of like looking up notes, I was wondering, should we just stop watching this one and switch to the other one? Maybe it's better. (laughs) (laughs) What was really surprising was that This director, Styles White, made a sequel to this movie in 2016, which is Ouija Origin of Evil or something like that. Yeah. That one is rated fabulously on Rotten Tomatoes. It's in the 80s. Yes. And and I, for a second, I was looking at that one and I was like, oh, that must be it because that one's good. And then I was like, (laughs) no, that's a prequel. Like, we have to watch the first one if we're going to watch the prequel. (laughs) Oh, man. It's so, yeah, it's it's trying to do something, but I think that your assessment is totally on the money. I think that they started with a board game and thought that that would get them through 90 minutes. I do also want to say that this is probably the only time I've ever watched a movie and thought this movie is too short because I felt like they kept cutting scenes. They were just like, oh, now we're suddenly in this house or now suddenly we're in an attic. Like we were just jumping around and there was like no explanation for how the plot was actually moving along. Yeah, I do think I have some notes in here about like, oh, it took me this long to understand what was going on with these people. Um, Particularly, actually, now that you mention it, I had a really hard time figuring out how old these people were until like a third of the movie goes by. Well, I'm not surprised. It's because they're all supposed to be high school students and they're all played by actors deep into their 20s. um, Yeah. Including there's this really tense relationship between the main character and her sister. And she keeps on saying to her sister, you're just a kid. And I was like, you're telling this 25-year-old woman that she's just a kid? (laughs) I don't think I – would I have said that to my younger sister? My sister – my middle sister is like a little less than four years younger than me. I wouldn't have referred to her as a kid in high school. I mean, if I was in high school especially, that seems so bizarre. They have such a weird relationship, too, because the dad is, like, conveniently out of the movie, and so is the mother. She's, like, dead or whatever. Right. There's, like, an amazing lack of parents in this movie. All of these high school students look like they're much older. I actually started making a list of, like, what is it that is making this movie a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, wow. And the the 8 the age discrepancy <laughs> from what they're supposed to be to what they actually look like was a big one for me. I don't I I feel so bad like shitting on movies. Like I know a lot of people put a lot of like love and care into them, but like this one just felt so like phoned in from everybody. It felt to me, I mean, it didn't feel like a movie with love put into it to me. It it felt more like a movie that partnered with Hasbro to sell games. A ca- a <laughs> like, that's how it felt. Yeah, a yeah. cash grab. Um, totally. 
I think well, we should do a pot summary. Definitely. Let's get this thing over with. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right. So friends, Debbie and Lane like playing Ouija together. And one day, Debbie is found dead. We, the audience, know that she has been at- attacked and possessed by a spirit through this Ouija board, um, but no one else knows that. And so her friend, Lane, must recruit their other friends to try and determine what happened to Debbie. And this involves a lot of use of a Ouija board and some plot complications <laughs> around this family that lived in this house a long time ago. Like, there's there's a lot but then also not very much at the same time somehow. That's pretty much it. The catalyst for this movie is so weak. Nobody actually needs to do any of the things they're doing in this movie. I know. Like, it's tragic. It's tragic. The first death, like, the first thing that really, like, sets off this movie is is Debbie. Is, De- is Debbie decides to play Ouija by herself, which apparently you're not supposed to do. There's all these <gasps> rules. There's all these rules. And I was like, I've played Ouija before, and I'm pretty sure there's no rules, but okay. You're never supposed to play Ouija alone. She plays it alone. Um, apparently, there's also something where if you look through the planchette, the planchette is this like heart-shaped like little piece that you that you move around the board. Um, then it helps you to see the spirits like okay sure um but doing that also like opens you up to getting possessed by them and then she hangs herself with her decorative room lights right and her friends find out there are some crying actually i thought there the lane character crying over her friend was was fairly good mm-hmm. in the beginning but her needing to know more about her friend Debbie's death, I felt was just so out of place and coming from nowhere. You right. know, I mean, we like all we know is that she's hung herself. Like that doesn't mean there, there's not a whole lot to go off of there. Like, why would she jump straight to trying to talk to her through the Ouija board? It's very tenuous, and I do feel like the jump is super fast, and there's this kind of, like, extended friend group where there's, like, Debbie's boyfriend and Lane's boyfriend plus some, like, girlfriend of theirs. Um, I think her name oh, is yeah, like Isabel. Oh, yeah, grumpy girl. Isabel, and then there's um, their si- the sister. The, uh, Sarah. Lane's younger sister, Sarah, um, who gets dragged into this um, as well. It just feels like they're trying to stack as many characters as possible, honestly, into this movie. And um, I don't know how they all go along with, like, trying to use this Ouija board to to contact Debbie. And um, they're all kind of freaked out by this seance that they're effectively doing. Yeah. She basically says it kind of feels like Debbie is still here. And then that's what prompts her to want to do this Ouija stuff. Like, 
what does that even mean? It feels like Debbie is still here. Of course it does. It's because you miss her. Right. (laughs) That happens all the time. I know. The fact that when they're doing this seance at the beginning and they get a response that says, hi, friend, like, I don't know, it, it feels like, okay, sure, like, maybe it's Debbie, but also, like, this is something that she said regularly to people, right? Like, she just said, hi, friend, as, like, a greeting to them. So, like, it's not, like, like, I feel like it's really easy to just, like, when you're playing Ouija to, like, assume where it's going and just be, like, H-I, oh, hi, okay, and then F, like, oh, it must be friend. It must be, it must right. be friend. Like, so we're, like, we'll move it that way. And and maybe the, the spirit is kind of latching onto that as well and playing into it. I mean, that's what I assume happened in this scene. It's, it seemed pretty obvious to me that that was not Debbie because what happens in the next couple scenes after that is like everybody has nightmares. Um, they have these weird interactions, like scary things happening, like this shopping cart just starts moving out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you see this message all over the place. Hi, friend, yeah. like carved into the wall and How? like written on stuff. How? It seems like this spirit is able to follow them everywhere, right? Like it's in one of the guy's homes. It's like carved into his desk. It's like written on the inside of another friend's like car window like it's so far from the house where debbie died that i'm like oh okay so this spirit has no bounds it can just go anywhere but then they don't do anything with that the only action like ever happens in the house so it's like okay is this spirit tied to the house or can it actually like go everywhere Yeah. And along with that, it's scaring the shit out of them. So to me, that's the most obvious reason why it's not Debbie. Yes. Debbie would not do that to them. But (laughs) like Lane in her grief, right? Which like this movie has like so many opportunities to be better because if they were just like, like Lane, you're grief crazed. Like we need to get you help. Like not play Ouija with you all day. Like like a single throwaway line like that would like go so much farther than just like what they're doing here where they're like where she's like no we have to play and then it's like a harsh cut to them playing and one of their friends had Isabel earlier had said I am not playing that again there's no scene of them talking to her or convincing her to come play they just cut to them playing with Isabel there (laughs) it was like what like Isabel said in the last time you guys like were talking about this that she was never going to do it again and now she's doing it. Like what happened? Yeah, it really wasn't that hard for them to convince her to do it the first time either. She was kind of like, I'm not doing this. And then they were like, come on, it's for Debbie or something, some bullshit. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that was hard. <laughs> um, Side note, why... What the hell is wrong with Debbie? Like, who plays this alone in their spare time? I know, right? Like, what's so weird? What a funny little like hobby. I wonder if Hasbro marketing was just like, yeah, yeah, people should totally be encouraged to play this alone. Like, then like people will have more opportunities to play. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. Course. Here's where I wrote down, like after this scene, after, um, like after we find out, you know, that this isn't Debbie, that's when I, this is like an hour into the movie. And I was like, okay, now I know these are not high schoolers. Like that was when it was clear to me that they were not, I'm sorry, that they were high schoolers. <laughs> it took me so long. Oh man. Um, what, what, what was it? Was it them like th- just their realization of it? I think I saw them in high school at that point, like oh, with backpacks yeah, like and in the school. Yeah. Right. They're always ditching school to deal with this Ouija nonsense. And then <laughs> like, you know, like I said, one of them doesn't even have parents and she looks like she's the same age as her dad. So yes. I was like, maybe she's in college. Like I, <laughs> I just well, could not keep make sense of it. And she's like getting mad at her younger sister yes. for like going out with this older guy. And then she's like, you're just a kid. And it's like, it's a lot less effective when like she does not look 15. Like, right. Yeah. And also, also they, they just don't have like a scenario where they're kind of in peril because their parents aren't aren't there you know like that's kind of a a trope with characters who live in maybe like a less affluent area mm-hmm. right like oh you know mom's working she's she's doing two jobs to pay for rent and the kids are at home and i have to take care of my sister but this is just like dad's out on business they have a nice house they have plenty of food they have plenty of clothing like she doesn't need to protect her yeah it's 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 goofy it is I just feel like it doesn't like totally line up how you'd expect it to like especially that like her dead friend's parents are gonna like take off on vacation and like make her house sit like like her like their dead daughter's grieving best friend now has to house sit for them like what? So weird. Super weird. Also, another sidebar with this kid sister. She's supposed to be alternative. And like you can tell that she's supposed to be alternative because she has slightly shorter hair than the rest of them and eyeliner. Of course. And I just really hate when they don't know how to dress alternative people in movies. I was like, she's not alternative. Like put her in a dirty oversized band t-shirt and a pair of jeans. That's what alternative people dress like. <laughs> Yeah, she needs to look dirtier. She looked very clean. Yeah, I don't know. Everything about it was very just like, it felt like a show on the CW. You know how? Yes. Like, yes. It It's like everything was so polished. Yes. Yeah. Right. And the, the boyfriends, we keep, I keep like, I'm like stuck on the beginning of this movie, just like getting to know these idiot characters. Um. <laughs> I was like commenting on his hair because it looks like he blow dries it backwards. Like it looks oh, yeah. very done yes. for filming. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like the way somebody in high school would do their hair. Is that how kids do their hair now? I don't think can so. Your, uh, can your sisters confirm? Do guys blow dry their hair all puffy like that? I don't know. My my sister <laughs> tried to give her boyfriend a mullet haircut. So oh my I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Maybe that is how they do their hair Maybe. then. I don't know. <laughs> Weirdos. <laughs> yeah. She's cooler. Um, She's cooler than uh, these bozos, though. So. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I 
thought that the murders in this movie were going to be more sinister based on how they made the first one look like a suicide. But then the second mm-hmm. death is Isabel, of course, the skeptical friend. Yes. Got to like, get rid of her. They got to get rid of her because she's not playing along. And she dies in a way that like cannot be counted as a suicide, right? Like she like gets possessed and then like bangs her head like on the corner of the sink and then just like bleeds out to death in the bathroom, which is very sad. It is sad. I felt bad for her because out of the group of them, she seemed to have the most sense. <laughs> but yeah. um, it, they did give us something cool here, I thought, like visually, which was her flossing her teeth. And then all of a sudden her mouth becomes sealed, like stitched shut, like the ghosts they, they saw yes. um, the first time. So like this ghost, I don't, it, hard to say if it's the ghost d- because she is possessed or if the ghost does it to her. Um, right yeah yeah there was so much in this movie that I was like this is more sad than scary the scene felt just sad to me (laughs) I I was just kind of bored most of the time I was too bored to be sad I had a hard time connecting with these characters because I just didn't care about them I mean the movie is short but it feels really long but also like they didn't include enough to like really capture you like we're Mm -hmm. almost an hour into the movie before they really start getting into what is actually possessing and hunting them right like that's when they start realizing like oh it's not debbie it's dz and then they go on this now it's become a mystery right and they're trying to like solve this mystery before it gets any of the rest of them right kind of like uh final destination a little bit Mm-hmm. they're learning about what's chasing them um but i don't think it's done as well i usually don't like it when movies start out as one thing and change into another thing it, yeah. it always kind of lets me down right. a little bit it didn't feel like it knew how to pick a lane i think that if they had woven some stuff into the beginning about like oh yeah this is a historical house and like they kind of did by saying like oh yeah this ouija board that she's been playing with she found in the attic but like okay that's not enough. It's not enough for me. Mm-mm. We get like no, kind of a, not like a long stretch, but like as they're learning about the background, right? There's like, of course, that brief scene of them like looking up like old newspapers, like that's super cliche at this point. And when it got to the point where she was like, oh, there's a sister who might still be alive. So I'm going to go to this like care facility to go check it. I was like, this movie has completely lost me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. That's when we get to uh, the woman from Insidious. I always forget her name, but um, she's in Insidious. She's in, is that the same as, uh, I think that, yeah, she's in Insidious. It's Mm -hmm. not related to Annabelle I always get those two tracks mixed up because Patrick Wilson is oh in both. yeah yeah but too. um yeah she's in uh, Insidious and I was like oh for a second I was like wouldn't that be funny if they crossed over <laughs> that the <would> series be funny. <laughs> but um yeah she's in a psych hospital but she seems pretty damn with it <laughs> exactly I was like why is she still here she seems fine <laughs> let her go <laughs> Right. Like, how long has it been? Um, Because they're looking at these old newspapers and they say something about the Korean War. So I was like, okay, so it's like sometime in the 50s, like 
this happened with these girls where um what like the mother in this house killed one of the girls and and then the other girl like seemed seemed to have revenge killed the mother which is what landed her in this psych hospital yeah so i guess those are like kind of our next two deaths yeah not chronologically but right as called out in the movie yeah yeah so we're starting to learn with the characters that um okay there's a spirits not just one like we've seen multiple ghosts like as they're doing their spirit board sessions and so as they're talking to this woman in the psych board they're they're realizing that they're gonna have to do something to like resolve these spirits and like get rid of this evil mother figure yes so she tells them to go back and like free her sister's mouth because her sister DZ, she goes by DZ, DZ's lips were sewed shut. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we saw um, Grumpy Girl in the bathroom. Yes. And uh, and so she's telling her, you know, you need to free my sister and don't let mother, you know, stop you. Basically, mother's the bad guy. Sister's the good guy. Right, you're seeing this little girl ghost with her stitched up mouth and, again, very sad. I was like, I know that we're supposed to be scared by this, but now that I know that this mother sewed her daughter's mouth shut and, like, kept her in this house, that's a tragedy. It's really sad. It is sad. I mean, the body was never found because it's in the house somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah. And so... <sighs> We follow the characters in the basement, you know, looking for this or under the house, I guess, looking for this body. Um, And what a house that has both a scary attic and a spooky basement. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I like it. I mean, I kind of wish that they had reused the attic because it's like that's where their friend found the Ouija board and was playing with it. Like mm-hmm. it could have made sense to like tie those things together. But instead we get a new set piece of this spooky basement room where they had like hidden this girl. And I don't think I was expecting to see a mummified girl's body. No, it was cool. I, I didn't mind that. Yeah. Um, and yes, her lips were stitched shut. So as they're cutting her lips apart, you start to see the mother ghost and she, you know, attacks at the at the group. But doesn't mother like poof kind of like in uh, in Ready or Not when yes. they cut open the lips? They do. Yeah. I was like, that wasn't <laughs> okay. scary. Yeah. Like because at, once her mouth is free, she the daughter Doris like does this like ghost scream that makes her mom like poof out of existence yeah and then then someone's very underwhelming yeah someone hits the (laughs) that was easy button and then the credits roll um pretty much just kidding just kidding so we think (laughs) (laughs) um yeah which i thought was funny like how would that woman in the psych ward have known how to solve this anyway i know her mom was a medium but I wouldn't have trusted anything she was saying. She was like, oh, you have to do this, and then you have to f- do this, and by this time you should be doing it. Like, she's very particular. And also saying, yeah. but 
be careful. Like it may not work basically. Like it was just very particular directions, but not, not a guaranteed outcome I felt. Right. It, it felt to me like lazy writing until I realized it was a twist. Yeah. 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 I did like the twist, um, but I do think they made this woman, this old woman, like do too much. She was, um, she was kind of used as like an expository figure. She's just there to help move the plot along. Yeah. Yeah. Because the next death is probably one of like the scariest things, which is Trevor in the pool. Yes. I wrote down that that is my nightmare. I I saw that coming. Like in the the first time they show us this pool, it's got this cover over it to protect it from crap getting in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, someone's going to drown in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I said the same thing. Like I, they showed the pool and I was like, somebody better drown in that pool by the end of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, somebody better not drown in that pool because it's my nightmare. <laughs> um, and I mean, the ghost has a very easy job for this one. It just scares him. Um, And he, like, stumbles back into it and gets trapped, and it's so scary. Yes. So he gets it. He gets it. I did not like that. But then he gets Um, possessed. You know what else? Oh, sorry. Yes, go ahead. Okay, so when he gets possessed and they walk in, I was like, oh, they're giving us, like, a Blair Witch little thing where he's, like, facing the wall. (laughs) Yes. I thought that was kind of neat. I I thought so, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then he turns around. Yeah. Yeah, and he's gross, but he also explodes. He also explodes. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Question. Mm-hmm. Um we kind of skipped over this, but um let me yeah, sorry. Question. We kind of skipped over this, but Lane has this Nana figure in her life who's like, "Don't touch the Ouija board." You know, <laughs> yeah. she's very superstitious. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now that all this shit has been going on and they realize they've unleashed a monster, <laughs> she goes to Nana to help put the put the spirits to rest. And my question to you is, do you know anybody who you would have been able to ask for help with something like this, the way she asked Nana? So I think my my mom would have been the person who was like, never, ever, ever touch a Ouija board <laughs> never play with one don't bring one into my the house mom it's not too. Worth it. yeah um but um maybe she would have been maybe she would be able to I'll have to ask her and see because like maybe if I did call call her up and said like hey like what would happen <laughs> if I did let a spirit in maybe she'd be able to tell me because she has some really um you you would like love to hear it she has some really good stories about like spirit sightings um and so yeah i think that i think that she would be the person i would go to okay yeah i i think my mom would have just grounded me (laughs) you did what (laughs) you unleashed how many spirits (laughs) (laughs) oh well now the board has gotten them into this mess so at the end they have to use it to get them out yeah and this is where i guess they're playing into that rule of how you have to always say goodbye and so they have the board they're in the basement 
There's a roaring furnace because, of course, everyone keeps a roaring furnace in the basement. Um, and um, she starts trying to communicate with it and then trying to force it to to say goodbye. And she's, like, struggling with the board to, to, to move the planchette to say goodbye, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah gets kidnapped twice in this movie. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. I think both times by ghouls, right? Yeah. I thought it was funny how, like, Sarah got pulled into that secret room in the basement and she's like screaming and I was like well Sarah you were supposed to go into that room to fetch the body anyway so (laughs) I guess it worked out (laughs) I really liked the ghoul makeup and the crawling Mm -hmm. effects that they used down in the basement yeah I thought that was creepy I thought that that was good too it reminded me of like um kind of like a classic like 90s like villain kind of look where it's like the patchy Mm -hmm. hair and like the leftover stitches and stuff. That was that was cool. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't enough, but I did I did like it. Um and then we yeah. get to see Debbie as a ghost finally. I was waiting for that like the whole movie like I know. okay, what so eventually heck? we are going to see Debbie. I know. Why did it take her, why did she let so many of her friends die before she yeah. helped? Like come on. This is all her fault. Right? <laughs> yeah, so I was wondering why Debbie did not help previously, but I guess it's fine because um, her friend's spirit is able to help her move the planchet to goodbye as Sarah is just chucking this body into the furnace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also um, we kind of forgot about this because it was so forgettable. Uh, Pete also dies. <laughs> yeah, everyone dies except for the two sisters. Yeah. Pete gets the uh, possessed treatment, his eyes white out, his mouth is stitched up, and he's he's killed in his home. That happened earlier in the movie, but, you know, you get the point. Oh, yeah. Let me revise what I said earlier in this episode where I said that the ghost's domain does not totally make sense. I guess we do see, like, some some ghostly happenings with possessions outside of the home. So I guess that even though these people were like killed in the house they're not necessarily stuck in the house I don't know I just feel like the like the rules don't like jive with me it's probably because they weren't following the rules Kate none of the rules make sense anymore (sighs) I mean okay let's talk about the ritual then since there are there are some clear rules here in the ritual very clear they make a big point of spelling out the rules over and like over twice and i want to say yeah at times. least yeah. yeah um first rule never play alone so mm-hmm. debbie's out already yeah um, rule two never play in a graveyard this one was kind of twisty because um because doris was killed in her own home and her body was left there it converted the house into a graveyard now it's a graveyard yeah. They live in a graveyard. I thought that that was pretty clever, to be honest. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That was a nice uh, nice touch. Yeah. Yep. Um, then you have to circle the board once per player. Yep. Um, and you have to say the little ritual chant. Should we say it together? Oh, yeah. Let me pull it up first. <laughs> I didn't commit it to memory. Okay. I wrote I wrote it down, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. 
Okay. All right. Go. As, As friends, friends we gather. We gather hearts. hearts we're true. We're true. Spirits, Spirits near. Spirits near. We call to we you. We call to you. <laughs> Is, is someone, someone here, here with, with us? us? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, again, I've played Ouija many times. Uh, never knew about that little saying. Um, mm-hmm. And um, everyone must have their hands on the planchette while you're playing. They don't really show anything happening if you don't, though. No, they didn't go into what happens if that rule is broken. Right. There seems to be no consequences if you don't say the saying, don't spin the planchette, and don't keep your hands on the planchette. There's, like, no consequence. Like, you, can just, right. you can just break those rules. That's fine. Does that mean you're, allowed, you're not allowed to just sit in the room and watch? If you're in the mm. room, you have to participate? I think we're going to have to watch the prequel. Oh, boy. I think, I think we're just going to have to buy a, a Ouija board. Ooh, that would be fun. Uh, and then the last rule, of course, is that you always have to say goodbye. Of course. You don't want to be rude. They're very, um, they're very loose with that rule. They pretty much never do it. Maybe, yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to remember now. I feel like I do remember them saying goodbye, except maybe, like, once. And I know that they show Lane, like, make a point of just like moving it to goodbye when she's not there I, mm-hmm. I feel like I've I remember seeing her do that a couple of times oh okay but I wondered if that was more of like a her saying goodbye to her friend like feeling connected to her friend still and wanting to make sure she always had her goodbye I don't know I I honestly didn't read too much into it sure yeah I um I'm being incredibly ungenerous with this movie so they probably That's did right. do it and I was just like they didn't follow any of the rules <laughs> um and so um we see this ritual like multiple times throughout the movie as you can imagine the whole movie is based around this game um was it effective i mean i guess so they did connect to a spirit although not the one they wanted to but i don't think that's against the ritual i think the ritual just connects to whoever's around and lane just assumed it would be her friend for absolutely no reason so oh lane yeah i would say it's marginally effective if you want to just like let loose some spirits into your house sure but like you can't really filter for it you can't be like i'm opening up to the spirit world but i'm only gonna let in the spirits that i want that's not how this works so (laughs) yeah yeah um would you recommend this movie to people no i don't i don't recommend it um but i don't think it'll It'll kill you. <laughs> I think it's fine. If you want to watch it, maybe you'll like it more than we did. I don't know. Maybe I'm just grumpy. <laughs> but um, it wasn't it wasn't a favorite of mine. It's it's not really thoughtful. It's not all that scary. And you you just don't care about these characters. I think that in a turn of events, if I'm being very generous. If I'm being very, very generous, given that it's rated PG-13, I think that this could be a very soft introduction to horror for a middle schooler. If you're That's in, true. If you're in middle school or if you listening to this have a preteen who's mature or a teen who is 
curious about horror movies and you want to see if they can handle it, like this is a probably a good movie to try because it's not actually all that scary. It's not gory. Um, there's not like a lot of blood and stuff. It's really just a jump scare movie. Like, you know, like a quick cut and like a music jump, right? Like it's not, I don't think it's going to give anyone nightmares. But not anybody who, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Like it's a PG 13 level. Mm -hmm. Like that's the perfect audience. Yeah. This is actually a movie that belongs to that audience. I think you're right. Yes. I think that it is like geared towards that audience. If you are an adult or a person who even marginally likes horror movies, like don't waste your time. Um, But it could be, I mean, if you've got like kids who want to like try something spooky for a sleepover party, like it could be, it could be good for them. That's true. If I was like watching this with my niece and nephew, it'd be a totally different vibe. Yeah. I, you know, if if they're scared, I'll enjoy it. Like, <laughs> not like scared, scared, but like if they're enjoying it in that way, then then I'm fine with it. Like right. I can I can play along. Yeah. Yeah. We just started the season with like Exorcist and Rosemary's oh, Baby yeah. and stuff, and then like we went on like a, a nice little downhill slide with Ouija. But I mean, there's yeah. there's an audience for every movie. This movie made a ton of money this at the is box true. office. So. So yeah, so we are at the end of our season. Um, this has been super, super fun. Um, I loved the concept of rituals, and I'm really glad that we got to dig into these movies. And uh, next week, of course, we have our finale. Yes, please join us for our finale where we will be sharing our own rituals with each other and with you guys. And uh, you can join us for that. See what happens. Don't miss it. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching. Happy watching.